Parsha Shmini is known and perhaps notorious for the tragic misdeed and untimely deaths of Nadav and Avihu, the two older sons of Aaron Akawain. Now, what exactly they did wrong is not entirely clear. Much ink has been spilled over addressing the question of the nature of the death of Nadav and Avihu. But from the straight read, what appears is that they went into the Mishkan and offered an Eish Zarah, which can be translated as a strange fire, perhaps an unauthorized fire. And for that reason, they died before Hashem. But once again, the question is, what exactly was the true nature of the sin of Nadav and Avihu? And was it just something that they did without being given instructions? Or is it possible that Nadav and Avihu were actually warned earlier about doing something like this? Were perhaps all of us, all of Kleistral, warned against doing something like this? We'll address this question as we enter another dimension. One not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Drash, and Sod. So journey with me into a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to Parsha Pardes, or Parsha Paradise, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where this week's Parsha is Parsha Shmini. And if you enjoy Shurim like this and others, and you want to partner up with us here at the database, all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com to give a sponsorship. Or if you just have any questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations for Shurim like this and others, same place. Just reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. Now, the question of the nature of the sin of Nadav and Avihu and what exactly they had done wrong. Was it just that they were mechadesh, um, that they created, they instituted for the first time a novel avoda that was never tried before, and their main problem was that they were just trying to do something new that was never authorized? Or was this perhaps something that they were actually warned about and should have known better not to do? Perhaps it was a combination of the two. So we start off with just the Pashup shot that's offered by uh, the likes of the Rashbam, the Ibn Ezra, who both seem to explain that Nadav and Avihu merely did something that they weren't authorized to do. They were just never given the permission to cross the boundary line, to go into the Mishkan and start offering a Ketores. There is a place for the Ketores to bring a, an incense offering, but they had, had done it in a way that had not been authorized before. They were Machad Avoda. However, before we get to Remez, we'll just move over to Drash for a second, just to bolster this point. There are very famous drashos that are offered in the Sifra, the Gemara in Erevin, and Samach Gimel, and Aleph, both of which are, are cited by Rashi. But the most basic of the approaches offered is to explain the problem of what Nadav and Aviyah had done was that they poskined in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, some say maybe the problem was that they went into the Heichal intoxicated. Perhaps their problem was that they offered this Ketores while they were unmarried and they, they, they needed to be married to perform an avoda like this. Maybe the problem was that they just didn't consult each other. But the most basic approach, which aligns with the Pashup Shah, was that they did something that they were not authorized to do. They went ahead and paskined in the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the leading posik of the time. Even if you can argue that what they did was intrinsically not problematic, that the avodah that they did intrinsically was something that could be acceptable, but they did it in a way that was unauthorized. They never got the permission to do what they were doing. So without getting the go-ahead, they went ahead, and that was the real problem. Even if, again, the avoda itself could be considered an emestika avoda, it could be an acceptable avoda, but the way they went about it, the way they did it, was inappropriate. However, we have a remez, a remez that's offered by the Balaturim, and I heard as well it was offered 
by none other than Rav Shmario Yosef Chaim Kanievsky Zecher Tzadik Kaddish Lebracha, who we just lost. I heard this in a shir from Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, who quoted in the name of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, but I saw it in the Balaturim. Um, the, 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 the aspect which is added by Rav Chaim Kanievsky, I'll mention. But says the Balaturim, when the Pusik says that they brought an Eish Zara, Asher Lotziva Osam, that which they were not commanded, so says the Baal term, Ein lomar lo tziva lahaviyesh zara, vegam lo tziva shelo lahaviyo. Don't say that it just means that they were never commanded to bring such a thing, but on the contrary, Ella pirusho asher tzivoy shelo tziva osam. That there was an explicit tzivoy, or at least an implicit tzivoy, there was a tzivoy, a command of lo, don't do this. That you uh, that, that not just that they did something that they weren't told they could do, but they did something that they were told not to do. There was the, the nature of the tziva was low. Don't do such a thing. And he, he quotes, um, says the Baal Tzivisi, that they, that they were trying to worship the legions of heavens, which I did not command. What do you mean, which I did not command? Hashem explicitly commanded them, don't do it. So what does it mean? Asher lo tzivisi, that lo tzivisi, I commanded you, no. And says the Baal Tzivisi, that's the same way we ought to read our Pasuk. And, um, and the, the, um, so the question is, where did this? Where, where was the original warning not to do such a thing? So we could find it back in Parsha's Tetzaveh, at the end of the Parsha, in uh, Parak Lamed of Shemos, Pasuk Tes, which um, says, Lo sa'alu alav, do not bring up on it, on what the Mizbeach hazav, the golden Mizbeach, the golden altar, don't bring on it Ketores Zara. Don't bring upon it a foreign incense. We have Ketores Zara. Here in our Pasuk, we have the Eish Zara. See, they were explicitly commanded not to do such a thing. And says Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Zecher Tzadav Kadosh Lavracha, if you look closely at our Pasuk, it says Eish Zara, Asher Lo, Tziva Osam. The word Lo has the Ta'ame Mekra, it has the trap of a Merchak Fula, a relatively rare trap, a Merchak Fula. It's, two, it's like two lines that look like a comma. It's like a, it's like a Tevir or a Severe. But it's uh, but it's doubled, or it's like a mercha that's doubled, and so it would be asher lo tivosam. So the question is, why did they? Um, so so why is is uh, the word lo um, noted with a mercha kvula? Says Rechaim Kanievsky, it's to connote the two possible readings of our pasuk, asher lo tivosam, something they weren't authorized to do. Or Asher Lo Tziva Osam, that which they were commanded, no, don't do such a thing. That the Torah intended that we should read this with both ways. Now the question is why, and we'll 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 address this question after we take a look at Sod for just a little bit, where we have the Megale Amukos, a Kabbalistic work, where in Sadi Aleph in ninety one, not ninety one, but ninety one. He addresses a, a lot of different issues pertaining to Moshe Rabbeinu and his, his yearning to go into Eretz Yisrael. He quotes the line, Ebra no. When Moshe Rabbeinu says in Devarim, um, Gimel Chaf Hei, in 325, Moshe Rabbeinu says the words, Ebra no, please let me pass. However, the Megale Amukos explains that the word no, Nun Aleph, is actually an abbreviation for Nadav and Avihu. And he went on to explain that Nadav and Avihu, like Moshe Rabbeinu, would eventually pass away in such a fashion. Nadav and Avihu 
also died via the neshika, the kiss from Hashem, and not through the death of sin that everyone dies from, like regular you know, um, death because of, of the fact that death is in the world. The way the Megala Amukos refers to it, he says, not by the death of Lilith, right, which is um, the, the, the female demon that's associated with sin and death, but apparently, even though Nadav and Aviyu had done the wrong thing or had acted in an inappropriate way, nonetheless, they died, just like Moshe Rabbeinu with the death of Neshika, where their neshamos were separated. Um, where, and the way Chazal explained it, like a hair being pulled from milk. Apparently, Nadav and Aviyu, regardless of what you think of the act that they did, these were larger-than-life figures. These were tzaddikim, and the way Moshe Rabbeinu tells it to Aaron, apparently not just to make him feel better, but Moshe Rabbeinu meant it when he says um, that Hashem said, Be'krovaya uh, Kadesh, by those who are close to me, by those who are holy, apparently Nadav and Aviyu were on a level at least equal, if not greater, than, than Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoin themselves. But the problem was that they still acted inappropriately. They overstepped the boundary. And the question is, what exactly was the nature of what they did wrong? If the avoda is something that could theoretically be acceptable, but they were just un- it was just unauthorized, what does this tell us? What this tells us is, a- is apparently how careful we have to be when it comes to being machadesh in terms of our avoda. When it comes to avoda, when it comes to observance of halacha, you have to be super, super careful, especially when we're dealing with psak halacha, and making rash decisions, because apparently, had they not made the decision they made, had they at least got confirmation from the posek of their generation, even if they were greater, even if they perhaps knew something that the posek hador did not know, but of course they didn't, had they asked the posek hador, he would, he might have told them no. Maybe he might have told them yes. Maybe the pshat they were trying to suggest in what would be the proper avoda could have been emesdik in theory, but because they did it in an unauthorized way. This is something that is not only unauthorized, but this, in fact, is itself a no-no. We read in the word lo, with the mercha kafula, two possible ways of reading it. Was it just that it was unauthorized, they never got permission for it? Or was it something that they explicitly got permission not to do? Well, this is something that we, this phenomenon is something that we find when it comes to being mechadesh in general. Right? You might think that you have something that's anastic, and you're not properly supported by the poskim, by the mafarshim, by um, by the Das Torah, and the irony is, it's not just something that you never got the permission to put forward, but apparently this is something that we were told not to do, because in a certain sense, this can be considered zara. this could be considered foreign, you have to be careful where your sources are, where are you getting your, um, your, your information from, where are you getting your guidance in terms of the psak halacha, or the nihugim that you're going to go forward with. We have to be very, very careful to make sure that we're not offering an Asia Zara. Anyway, this uh, takes us through a pardes about the nature of the sin of Nadav and Avihu. Wishing you a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for joining us here at the database.